Do we have any sports people in the room? Any sports people? Any Ohio State fans in here? Yeah? Aren't you supposed to say this point, OH? Okay, you guys love your sports. Um, I used to play sports growing up. Um, some of you don't know me very well. I am new to the church here. I've been here about a year and a half, um, new to new the pastoral staff. Uh, so I just want to kind of share a little bit about myself. Um, as far as sports are concerned, I used to play football growing up. Anybody play football growing up? Play? Yes? Football players? Yeah? So growing up, uh, in my sports career, it was only peewee up through high school, okay? Uh, now, you might be able to relate to me growing up. My, uh, my dad was always my coach. Anybody have your dad be your coach? Oh, man. Uh, no, it was, my dad is always the hardest on me, you know, when it's your dad, your coach, you know, you gotta, we had this cannon out uh, where we practice, and I always remember, now, as I was a child, I was a little bit heftier than others. I wore the husky jeans, and uh, my, I remember my dad, he'd always send me, hit the cannon, son, run to the cannon, son, and, uh, but I played football growing up, always liked football, always liked playing sports, but I don't really follow sports now. Uh, how many of you are, are following sports? You're avid sports followers. Yeah? Got some of you in here? I have noticed, living in Columbus for about two years, that this place is all about their teams. We love the Ohio State Buckeyes. And uh, if you're going to live here, you better get on board or you better just be able to stand, stand the storm, okay? Um, and we're all about our teams. We love our teams. I, I know some of you, uh, you wear your Ohio State gear all the time. It's fun to be a part of a team. Um, I remember when I, was, uh, when I was playing football growing up, uh, my position, I was a lineman. Yeah, I was a lineman. Uh, that's one of those positions where the coach would always tell you that, you know, you're not really scoring the points, you're not really the, play, the playmaker, but nothing can get done without the lineman. Anybody lineman in here? Amen for the lineman. Uh, it's this the spot that I could always do. It was the default. It was like I'm part of the team. Uh, you know, get to enjoy ice cream after the game, but I'm not really the one scoring the touchdowns. Okay, but it's an important part of the team. Um, sports. It's it's uh, great to be part of the team. Now I will tell you, we're going to be talking about some team issues today. All right. There has been no more. Uh, publicized teams as of lately than our political teams. Anybody take a political team? Ooh. Jesus. Jesus. Okay. Man, has it been, have you seen it everywhere, politics? I'm not going to preach politics this morning, but we're going to just talk. Listen, I have never seen people be so polarized in my life on everything. Uh, we got people that are part of Team Cruz, and they are, they're part of Team Cruz. We've got people that are uh, on the Trump train, okay, whoever you are. There may be some people in here, I don't know if that's you, but you might be feeling the burn. But I will tell you that with these teams, people are sold out for their teams. Are you agree? Anybody's Facebook tell you otherwise? Mine is telling me people are all about their teams, ready to, ready to go, die hard, Let's become part of this and get involved, okay? Um, teams. I want to pose a question today as we get into the Bible. Um, I want to speak mainly to those of you that are part of this church. Uh, you may be new today and, and the message will apply to you. But those of you that are Christians, is it possible 
that we can get so caught up in our teams, whether that's a sports team, whether that's a political team, whatever team you're part of, some kind of cause at work, that we forget about a very important spiritual team that God has supernaturally made us part of called the church. So we want to talk on today. I want to talk about greater impact together for the gospel. Greater impact together for the gospel. Before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. Ask God for his help. Father God, I pray today you would meet with us. I pray, God, you would help me to um, get across the message which you've laid upon my heart. And and God, what you're speaking of in the Bible. I pray, Father, if anyone is in church today, God, if they don't know uh, whether or not they're part of your team, God, if they're part of the family of God, I pray they would recognize what Jesus has done for them today. God, I pray they would trust you. Father, I pray, though, specifically for the Christians in here today, that you would help us to take a very good look at our efforts and our time and our energy and where it's placed. And I pray you'd help us to make wise decisions. God, guide us now. Meet with us. I pray you'd meet the needs of the people. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12. At the offset, I want to tell you today, if you are a Christian, you are part of a team. Okay? You are part of a team. It is a spiritual team, okay? You are part of a spiritual team. And that team is the team of the church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I want you to look in verse number 13 as we begin. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, the Bible says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. I want to tell you today, and if you don't know this, I just want to remind you, for the sake of us getting caught up in a lot of things that are just very temporary and last only for this earth, um, I realize that we are part of a team. The Bible says if you're a Christian, if, if you've recognized that Jesus Christ was your substitute, meaning he was perfect and he came down to earth and he died on the cross, was buried and rose from the dead, and he stepped in as your substitute so that your sins for, could be forgiven. If you've received Jesus, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit has placed you on a team. Uh, in this verse, we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and basically what that means is that the Holy Spirit did something supernaturally inside of every Christian at the time of salvation, okay? In the miracle of a moment, you were baptized into the family of God. You were born again. Uh, you're part of a team, and the team is called the family of God. I love it because uh, our baptismal is covered up right now, but uh, we, we baptize here, and baptism is done by immersion. It's picturing this spiritual baptism. It's a picture that I'm joining or I'm becoming part. I'm explaining to you on the outside what has happened on the inside, meaning the Holy Spirit has taken me from outside the family of God to inside the family of God, okay? And that's what happens when, that's why we, that's why we baptize by immersion. Um, but the Holy Spirit baptized us into a team. He, he joined us up to the team. You're part of the family, okay? 
Uh, Pastor Dave mentioned earlier that, that we need family. And I know Pastor Tony has been preaching. Uh, he's been sharing about greater love. Preached two great messages saying that I need you. There are things that you have that I need. I need you to help me in my Christian life. And you need me and we need each other. We're in this together and it's because we're part of the team. In John chapter 3, uh, we see this explained very, very clearly. John chapter 3, you can turn there, uh, verse number 1. The Bible says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. There's a spiritual truth here that says very clearly that as we are, before we ever hear about Jesus, we are not part of God's family. We are not all children of God, okay? Not everyone is automatically part of God's child. The Bible says that you have to be born again, all right? Born again, that can be confusing. And this person who's very religious, Nicodemus, it was confusing for him at first. So he said, what is this all about, being born again? All right, how do I do that? Let's try to pull that one off. Uh, being born again it was very clear. There's a birth that is by water. That's the natural birth, okay? Um, we were all born naturally. We are a part of a physical family. But except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. No one becomes part of the family of God outside of being born again. No one becomes part of this family outside of something happening on the inside. And for their, their soul to be revived, for them to come back to a relationship with God. And so, if you've received Jesus as Savior, you have been born twice, as the Bible says. That which is born of flesh and flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. So very, very simply, we are born into this family by the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, this family here, we call it locally Fellowship Baptist Church. Okay? There are other churches where people are born again, but locally they're re represented with other names. Then universally, we are part of God's family. We are actual children of God, joint heirs with Christ, okay? But this is a very important team. Why should this team be important to me? Realize that this is a team that lasts forever. Do you know that? You can be part of team whatever you want politically. You can be part of the team, the Ohio State Buckeyes, but the team that you're a part of, that you're going to be a part of forever, is the church, okay? 
we have eternal life, everlasting life when we receive Jesus as our Savior. He'll wash away everything you've ever done, completely forgive you, put you into a brand new family with a brand new life, and you're part of that family forever. It's your forever team. That's why it's important. That's why it should be important to us. But not only that, it should be important to us because Jesus died so we could be a part of his team. We put forth so much effort into so many things. Um, Would you agree that Christians get distracted? I'll be the first to tell you that I can get distracted. We get distracted throughout the week. We go to read our Bible, but our phone is beeping and our Facebook is ready for us to check our notifications. And we're distracted by other things. But we cannot let our other things distract us from one very important thing. Listen, this is Jesus died for the church. It ought to be a priority to us. See, the church, the word church is the word ecclesia. What it means is a called out assembly. See, uh, so we ask the question, what are, what are we called out of? If the church is a called out assembly, what are we called out of? We're called out of sin. We're called into the, the family of God, but we're, we're called out of this world system that's without God. We are, we are different. You guys are no longer out there. You're now in here. It's cool. You can look around. Go ahead, look around. Hey, hi, Miss Diana. I like Miss Diana. She, she, she raised her hand to the Lord, but I feel like she's waving at me. I like that. Oh, that's funny. Um, listen, we're part of the family, and we're called to be out of the world system into this system. We have different priorities. We cannot get caught up in the, the system that's going on. The, these other things cannot distract us. See, a church that's called out has different priorities, different priorities. At church here, we teach it like this. We teach it loving God, loving others, and serving both. Listen, our priority is to love God supremely. We ought to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And we ought to love others as, of, as ourselves. This is what we do here. This is our priority is to love God supremely. But you know what? If we are called out, if you are called out and part of this team, part of this family, not only have different priorities, you have a different focus. You have a different focus. Focus is what you think on, what you, what you plan on, what you do. Our focus is eternal. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, a great perspective that we should all adopt. Let's read the verse together. Um, you can put it on the screen there. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18. The Bible says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. It's really easy to focus on everything around us we can see. Okay? But the point the Bible's making here is that those things that we see in this world, football teams, jobs, money, stuff, politics even right now is a big thing that we deal with and we're facing. All of these things, the Bible said, that we can see are temporal. The word's just temporary. It means they don't last forever. There's an, there's an expiration date on them. Yet, we're chasing these things and allowing them to take up our time and our effort and our energy and our money and our, just our passion for something that is going to end. When there's a team that God died for called the church and the, in the church, 
It's eternal. It's our forever team, okay? These things that we do here, they last forever. That's what eternal means. They just keep going and going. Um, it's, it's something that's going to last forever. Listen, if we're wise, if we're wise in how we spend our time, we are going to spend our time and our effort and our money on those things which last forever. Think about this. Consider this political season. Some of us, some of you, even myself, I have done this. It happens at the water cooler. It happens at church. It happens on Facebook. It happens all over the place. We're just talking politics for a second. We spend hours of conversation talking about it. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think about Donald Trump this? Did you see this? Did you watch that debate? Did you do this? Did you do that? We talk about it. And it's not just like a ho-hum, everyday, casual conversation. We get passionate about it. You mean you're talking about my candidate like that? You mean, you know, we get, we get serious, okay? It's like we're defending our own kids, all right? Uh, we, are, we are up in arms about our, our pol- political ideas. We've become passionate in our, in our delivery, and we become urgent in our message. We spend multiple hours on Facebook. We're reading through, scrolling through. We like this, and now we can love this and wow that one, and, and there's new things happening on Facebook, uh, but we spend our time on there. We even prioritize and we rearrange our schedule so that we can, say, watch a debate or, or do something or, or do some activity. Some of you take it even further than that. You, you purchase gear or you buy a sticker or you change your Facebook profile photo. Now, I say this just highlighting politics because it's at the forefront of our mind, but it goes the same with football and, and our other teams that are temporary teams. I'm not telling you these teams are bad. I'm telling you that we need as Christians, to be wise with our energy and our efforts. See, we will light up with zeal and proclaim and share the goodness of our candidate. But our energy, when it comes to eternal things, is lacking. Let me ask you, has God ever gotten your energy this way in the church? Do you rearrange your schedule for those eternal purposes that we're accomplishing here at Fellowship. Um, The truth is, the Bible says, for where our treasure is, there will our heart be also. Um, Some of us spend more money in a year on gear for our team, whether that's Ohio State or whoever. We'll spend more money on our clothing gear, on the, the apparel, on the promotional stuff, then we've given to God's work in that given year. And that's wrong. Um, we have got to realize that there is a spiritual team that Jesus died for. And he died for you so you could be a part of that team. And it's an eternal team. It's not temporary. If we were wise, if we really recognized that our life was finite, that it ended at any moment, that our life was like a vapor, it appears for a little time and vanishes away, you've got to consider how you spend your time and you've got to consider how you spend your money and your energy and your zeal. Because if you spend it on all kind of stuff that doesn't matter, you're going to get to the end and you have regret. And you're going to get to heaven, and you're going to have little to show for. And so it's very important that we consider this team. We are part of a spiritual team. You are part of a spiritual team. I just want to be the big reminder. Don't forget about your team right here, okay? uh, uh, Let me give you a little history here. On Friday, January 20th, 1961, 
John F. Kennedy delivered his inaugural address. And he said some famous words. And you'll know it as soon as I start to say it. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. How many of you heard those words? Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Very important words, and uh, it's, it's a good reminder. But that what he was doing, was he was saying, listen, um, it's time to, uh, let's put aside our selfishness and how the organization can serve me, and let's instead change our mindset and ask, how can I help? What is my part? See, we're all part of a spiritual team. It is an eternal team. Christ died for the team. It is the church. And locally, we, we come here together as Fellowship Baptist Church. But I want to encourage you. You're not just part of a team. I don't want to guilt trip you and saying, hey, you give more money to sports than you give to the church. You ought to think about it. But I want to encourage you this morning that not only are you part of it, but you have a part in it. Okay? Not only are you just part of the team, but you actually have a, you have a spot, okay? In football, uh, when I played in high school, um, I didn't always get to play. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I was on the team. I got to go to the games, but I wasn't always in the game. Anyone ever done that? You don't have to admit it, okay? Listen, we all wanted to start. We all wanted to get the letter, but sometimes we don't all get the letter. And you know what? When it comes to the church, everyone has a spot and everyone can actively play, Okay? Um, it's, it's not that you have to stand on the sidelines and wait for the coach to put you in. God has ordained and set you in the church with a specific job that only you can do. Did you know that? You are spiritually enabled to do your part in the church. Let's go back in our passage in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter, tw- uh, chapter 12, verse 13. We learn, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. The Holy Spirit has placed us into this awesome family. Look in verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. The the Bible is going to go in here, and we're going to read the verses. It's going to use an illustration of a body, physical body, as the church. And that body is Jesus' body. We represent Jesus. We are ambassadors of Jesus here on earth. And uh, let's just continue reading, and let's learn about this body here. For the body is not one member, but many. And if the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? But now God hath set the members, every one, say that with me, Every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him. Listen, there is a body. It is the church. And there's many parts. It's not one part. It's a lot of parts. And every part is important. And the Bible says that you're one of those parts if you know Christ. Did you know that? You have a part here at Fellowship locally. You have a part in this universal church. You are part of the church. Do you follow me? If you know Christ, you are a part of it. But God designed you to be a specific part. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 said, But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. That word set is uh, the word to put or to place that has the idea of just as he wanted to be, uh, or the word ordained. It's not that you were just put in this church by accident. No one shows up to this place by accident, okay? God has guided you here, and God has had you be here. We have to realize that you need to start asking the question, why? 
It's not enough just to be an attender because that's the idea. They said uh, the foot can't be down there and say, oh, I'm not really part of the body. I'm just a foot. The foot has a function. It's just as the head has a function and the hand has a function and you have a function in the church. And God sets you there just as he wanted it to be. What this means is that there's no place in the church for one part of the body to be jealous or, or to, uh, to be envious of another part of the body. That Pastor Tony, though he's Pastor Tony, you cannot say, oh, I'm not the pastor, so I can't do that. No, no, you are part of the body. And you can do what you can do, and Pastor Tony does what Pastor Tony can do. Does that make sense? You follow me? You are spiritually able, spiritually Anyone want to come here and preach for me? You are spiritually enabled to do your part. And God designed you to do it. Okay? Now let me tell you about this. God has given you a gift. Usually it's a gift mix. God has given you, if you're a Christian, by means of the Holy Spirit, a spiritual gift to do your part. See, it's, it's fine in football to say, oh, man, I just don't have the skills or the talent or the ability. I just don't have it. I can't, I'm, I can't measure up. Or at your job, you say, I can't do that position. I can't measure up. When it comes to the church, everybody has a position, and you can fulfill your position. Here's how I know. Because the Holy Spirit lives within you. And because he lives within you, the Bible says very clearly he's given you a gift. There is some kind of gift, some kind of special ability within the church that you've been given. Um, and, and we can, so uh, we see these in 1 Corinthians. Um, if you would go back up, there's, there's different gifts. Um, there's also gifts in Romans chapter 12, gifts like prophecy, uh, the ability to preach, uh, gifts like serving, someone that just has a special gifting to meet the needs of others and to help others. There's a gift uh, in Romans 12 about teaching, somebody that is specifically gifted. God has given you ability for some reason to understand the Bible and uh, ability to relate that, whether that's to kids or to adults, the ability to teach there's a gift of exhortation. Um, I need these people. Like, exhortation is that ability to encourage or to uh, push people along in their spiritual life, to encourage them and to lift them up. Uh, people in this room have that gift. There's people that have the ability, uh, the spiritual gift of giving. Uh, when we, we talk about giving, God has certain people that he just has gifted to be generous. Not only that, he usually equips them to, to be able to meet needs in people's lives, whether with their finances or with their stuff. Um, giving. There's the spiritual gift of leadership or administration. That means you have the ability to organize teams and to, to orchestrate the business of the church or just to, to keep this place going order. God wants everything done decently and in order. Um, there's the gift of mercy. Um, Kim Mitchell, I'm going to call you out because you have the gift of mercy. Um, this is somebody that can care deeply for others, somebody that hurts when other people hurt. Um, you probably have those people in your life and we need those people. But the point is, if you go in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, uh, and other places, there are spiritual gifts. And you may or may not know what yours is. But here's my challenge to you. You better find it out. Because God has given you that gift for the purpose of using it in the church. If you can turn, I want to show you one verse, uh, Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3.20. Um, the this verse, uh, we were able to talk over this a little bit in life group this past week. Um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. This is how God works through you, okay? Because does anybody ever, ever doubt themselves? Anyone ever doubt? Come on, be honest. I doubt myself. There are things that, 
are asked of me and they're a situation I get myself in. And even in the church, it can be daunting. It can be like, I can't do that. How am I ever going to do that? Look at this verse in Ephesians 3, uh, verse 20. Now, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. You say, what does that mean? Let me explain. Now unto him that is able. That him is God. Okay? Who is able? God is able. Listen, when it comes to a spiritual work, your job in the church, you don't have to have the ability. It is God's ability in you. Let me say that again. Don't say, I can't do that job. Listen, God equips you to do the spiritual work. It is God. You don't have to rely on yourself. If you are, you're going to mess it up. Okay? God has equipped you with a gift to do something in this church, and God has given you that ability. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Listen, if you think, oh man, I might be able to do that job. Here's what God's saying. Not only can you might be able to do that job, you're going to do that job, and I'm going to help you do it exceeding abundantly above all that you can think. Isn't that amazing? God wants to do more through us than we could ever think we could do on our own. Uh, God is able now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. The Holy Spirit lives within every Christian. You don't have to get more of the Holy Spirit. You get all of the Holy Spirit. The problem is we need to let him have us. We need to set aside the distractions and surrender. Um, But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a great power that works in you. But catch this in verse 21. Unto him be glory, where? In the church. That's how God works. The Holy Spirit lives within a Christian. He's given you a gift. And he's given you that gift to do something exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. So that God gets glory in the church. So are you doing your part in the church? Do you know what your gift is in the church? See, we have all been made part of this spiritual team if we're a Christian. We've all been spiritually enabled to do our part. And that makes me happy because I don't want to rely on myself. I can't do the things God asked me to do. Now listen to this. Why did God go through all the trouble of telling you to pay attention to things that last for forever? Why did he go through all the trouble of dying on the cross for your sin, of sending the Holy Spirit back to live within you, of giving you a spiritual gift, of teaching us about the church? For what is the purpose of all of this trouble that God's going through to tell you you have a part on the team? What's the purpose of the work of the church? Why is all the emphasis on serving? In Matthew 28, and in Mark 16, 15, we get two sides of the coin. Mark, Matthew 28 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. It's a command that the church... Go and make disciples. Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Listen, Jesus left and he went to heaven. He gave the Holy Spirit back down here to us. The Holy Spirit's gifted you. He's pushed you in a church. And now he's saying, it's your turn to be a part of the church. It's your turn to do something in the church So God gets the glory. Not so you get the glory, it's so God gets the glory. But there's a mission, there's a purpose. Why does God put you in the church? Why does God give you a gift? It's so that we all, collectively, 
as we minister to each other and as we fulfill our purpose, we can all accomplish the mission. And the mission is to make disciples. The mission is to preach the gospel to every creature, okay? So here's how it works here at Fellowship. We want everybody to serve. Every person that is physically capable of serving should be serving. If you don't know how to get involved, we just had several people go through starting point. It's okay to go through starting point again. We're going to have starting point coming up here right after Easter. In starting point, we're going to walk you through now. We have a great spiritual gifts test. It'll just give you some guidance. It'll let you find out where your passions are as far as ministry concerns. What your spiritual gifts may or may not be, and we can discuss that. And we're going to help you get plugged into serving because you all need to be doing something. We are so, we have gone and, and given our efforts to politicians and given our efforts to sports teams and forgotten God's team, and that's not okay. We need to do our part. See, at church here, as people are serving, we've got some that are going throughout the church showing mercy and caring for people as they come in. We've got people in Connecting Point that are encouragers and exhorters and helping people along their journey. We've got Pastor Tony up here, and he's up here preaching. Uh, we've got people at the door that are greeters, and, and we've got people in the parking lot that are greeters. And we've got teachers, and they're downstairs teaching the kids. And all for the purpose of, so that when Grandma is praying for her grandson that's unsaved, and, and they come into the church, the church is happening. Every person doing their part. So that that person has a good experience when they come in. So that that person's child is taken care of. So that that person can hear the gospel and be saved. And then we can help them through our life groups to, to become a disciple and follow Christ. Do you see how it works? Every person has to do their part for the church to do their job. So let's wrap this up. Are you, are you part of the family?